time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, it is Eagles week. I see you have your Eagles pennant behind you. Uh, Everybody knows that uh, you're Eagles loyal. That's what all the viewers are are accusing (laughs) you of with your your Eagles pennant back there. You're the John Smoltz of of Cowboys coverage. Just rooting for the other team, I guess, Brian. How about that? If if they would notice, maybe next time, uh, behind you me, my the Cowboys higher than the my other. Cowboys pennant is higher. Yep, my Eagles pennant is straight across, and then my Packers pennant's the one that's going down. So, all three places that I've been, I need to get my Jacksonville pennant in there somewhere. But you do uh, have the Raiders too. the The one week I you do. spent with the Raiders is up there too. So that's uh, good, Bobby. I was so. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to be great at the Raiders. I would have probably been fired by Mr. Davis by now. Hey, hey, you, you'd be right there with uh, Josh McDaniels and everybody else that keeps getting that? pushed out the door Gosh, at Oakland, or with the Raiders, not Oakland Man. anymore. Yeah. How about how about spending like $60 million on coaches you don't have anymore? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a rough spot to be in. That, you that, know what's that, sad, Bobby, about that whole thing, too? I'm sorry. I was, I'm an interrupting guy. No, no, no. Go ahead. Mick Lombardi... Uh, who the OC who got let go? Mike yep. Lombardi's son. I used to babysit the kid. Did you? Yeah, I babysit. Matter of fact, uh, I gave a. We were all in Philadelphia. Real quick story. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike's got two kids, Mick and Matt. Both work for the Raiders, by the way. Matt. Matt's still uh, still on with the Raiders. Mick, because he's the OC, they you know probably moved on for that reason. But anyway, uh, I had to babysit him one time. We were in Philadelphia. And uh, I fed him Frito pies. I made Frito <laughs> chili Frito pies, which is like a, a Texas delicacy of yeah. uh, Fritos in a bag with chili, cheese, and onions. And these, 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 they were kids. They were like little little kids. <laughs> and I, and so you know, Mike and Millie come back to the back to my place and they're like, oh, how are the kids? Oh, they're, oh, they're great. And like Mickey or Matt goes, oh yeah, he gave us chili with Fritos. It was so, <laughs> and I'm like, and Millie looks at me like, what are you doing to my kids? It's good stuff, uh, man. I'm just, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to educate him. But if you've never had a Frito pie, I highly suggest that you find a way to get it. It's a very simple recipe. Take your favorite chili, put it in a Frito bag, you know, put chili, cheese, onions, all in a bag, mix it up, man. You talk about a meal that will put some uh, will put some weight on you for these cold uh, these cold winter days and nights. <laughs> some hibernation were, pounds, yeah, hibernation stuff for sure. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it it is it is good stuff to be sure. It's uh, yeah. it's one of the the delicacies that uh, my wife happens to make. Uh, now, yeah. Brian, you you talked about there that uh, you know, the Raiders all that they're spending on coaches that aren't sure. there. Uh, we, we just GM finished. Too. It, well, well, before we get to the, the trade deadline specifically, I I'm curious. I saw a list of names of potential coach replacements and, and it made and me Quinn start thinking was on that list. Dan he? Quinn was on the list for the Raiders. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the Raiders are currently looking for a new GM as well. And not that Will McClay would ever, you know, jump to the Raiders. I don't know that he'd do something like that. But do you think that there's an opportunity this offseason? Or do you think that one of Absolutely. these teams this offseason would start saying, yeah. hey, let's get that pair. Let's go make the hire. of Let's get Will McClay yeah. as GM and Dan Quinn as our head coach. I, I will say this, Bobby. I know there is a great deal of respect between Will McClay and Dan Quinn. And I think one of the reasons why that if it ever were to happen, and I'm, I'm just, this is total, this is total, uh, just throwing conjecture. it out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it conjecture? Is that how you say yeah. it? I, yeah. I was looking for a word and I'm not smart enough to say <laughs> conjecture, but that's what it is. Um, you know, if something were to happen where they moved on from Mike McCarthy, Mike is doing a fine job, you know, calling the plays, teams five and two need to find a way to win against Philadelphia this week. But if they were to add Dan Quinn, if he were to become the head coach, I think that would be a very popular hire among the player personnel guys. Mm-hmm. I think Dan Quinn is one of those guys. And, and Mike, you know, Mike, Mike has never had to really do personnel stuff. I worked in Green Bay, you know, I, I worked at this team, you know, and it was the player personnel, general manager, you know, Ted Thompson at the time, the scouts that they had, the John Dorsey's, the you know, the, the Scott McClune, all those guys that they had, John Snyder, all those guys that they had, you know, they did a great job with personnel and Mike did a really nice job with the team. And you know, Mike never had to really be involved in personnel. And, you know, he, and the head coach is asked to be involved with personnel. Uh, that's, uh, you know, yeah. my years of working in the scouting department, the coaches have an opinion. They have a big opinion. They, they, you know, Bill Parcells chose to push it, his agenda, the way he wanted to. Dave Campo chose not to. But if you're the head coach, you have the opportunity. Chan Gailey, go all the way back to Chan Gailey and his influence in them not taking Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. So the thing that Dan Quinn, I think, embraces maybe more than Mike McCarthy, and I and this is just an observation. Dan Quinn is willing to roll up his sleeves and go out there and scout and find players and do workouts. He'll and, grind with them. You know, he and, and the scouts, I think they really – appreciate that ability for a coach to come out there and 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 put in put in the time put in the legwork to do to do what's you know necessary to to evaluate the players you know and that's you look at how some of the drafting has been and some of the maybe players in certain rounds it's been some defensive guys i'm not you know i can't give you the exact balance of everything but it seems like if they're kind of borderline on maybe a couple of guys it seems like they go a defensive player because yeah. they got a coach that they got a defensive coordinator that is a very much a hands-on get in the field, get dirty, get it going. And I, I Bobby, you have you have people like myself that are uh, you have people that you talk to that are personnel and all that, and you know, and personnel at other teams and stuff like that. And they'll, and they'll tell you, they'll tell you that Dan Quinn is very popular among. The, the sky and he was a popular guy in Atlanta, you know Seattle yeah. places he bent because these scouts kind of like man old DQ he'll he'll go out there and get it done with you. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a respect for the work that he puts in with them. And like I say, you you mentioned the respect between McClay and Quinn. Not necessarily yes. that a team would be able to 
woo the two of them away. But I do wonder if you'll start seeing more of these teams that have both positions open head coach and general manager. If somebody says, Hey, let's go, let's go hunt a, a duo here. Let's go get a package together. Boy, I think you're onto something. And, but the thing that, that I know about Will McClay, he loves working for Jerry Jones. He wants to desperately bring him a championship. Yeah. Desperately does. And he really appreciates Steven and the, the latitude that they give him. Um, they, he appreciates the fact that they get to, he gets to run his, personnel staff and hire the guys he wants to and set the program how he needs to be, you know, it needs to be, to be run. And he does a a tremendous job with that. And, uh, but there's going to be a day where Will McClay is going to want to go run his own team. He will never be the general manager for the Dallas Cowboys in title. Now, unless Stephen Jones, you know, say Stephen, um, Stephen takes over the team and he wants to name Will the general manager to keep him in place. Sure. Well, here you go. That's the route. But, you know, there there could be a day where Will McClay and Will has a son that's uh, – and it's very similar to like my situation was back in the day where you you have to stay because you're separated or you're divorced and you're co-parenting. Yeah. And you can't leave. You can't – you know, Will is from Houston. The, the Texan job came open. You know, that would have been a great fit for Will McClay. Very simple travel between Houston and Dallas. Not a yeah. problem at all. You know, and Will said, no, I'm good. But Will does a lot of things because of his family and the and what is his um, ties to his son. Had the same thing. I remember when, when Bennett was born and I had opportunities to go other places and I just couldn't go because I needed to be here because – at the time, my wife, Kathy, and I were, you know, divorced and she was traveling. I had to be here. You know, there had to be that co-parenting. And I, I think that Will Will is going through that right now, but he has a great situation in Dallas. But but to your point, a combination package of Will McClay and Dan Quinn would be very inviting to a team like the Raiders who are looking for uh, the pair that way. Something just to monitor on that front. Now, yeah. now when you talk about enticing packages or going, you know, for team building purposes and things like that, uh, of course, it was the NFL trade deadline this week. The Cowboys ultimately don't make a move, not totally unexpected. But what's a little disappointing, I think, is when you look at these six teams in the NFC that are currently in the playoffs along with the Cowboys, uh, all six of those teams over the last week or so made a play to acquire, like, like made a trade to acquire a player. The 49ers go out and get Chase Young. Uh, Philadelphia gets Kevin Byard. Um, you know, Atlanta goes and, and trades for Contavious Street. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones gets traded to the Lions. Uh, Josh Dobbs gets traded to Minnesota. Um, and so each team out there made a move for a player. And the Cowboys were the only playoff contender in the NFC who, you know, sat tight. And if you look at even across the entire landscape of teams that are contenders, Buffalo goes and gets Rasul Douglas. Uh, Kansas City goes back and gets McCole Hardman. Um, and so all these teams make deals except for Dallas. And I know leading up to the deadline, Brian, that was something that was a frustrating likelihood to you was that they probably weren't going to make a move. And ultimately, that's what they did. They sat tight. And uh, I'm guessing you think that was probably a mistake. Oh, the last time they cared about what I said was in 2005. <laughs> You know, when I was sitting there with 
with Bill Parcells and that crew. Um, right now, um, yeah, I, I would have liked them to have done something. I think they're – but there's a couple of things too, and I, I'm not crawfishing or walking this back, but the more you think about things with the Cowboys, the one thing that Will McClay does not want to do is go get a player that the head coach doesn't want. Yeah. You know, and what you do as a personnel guy and Bill Parcells and I used to have meetings like this all the time. We used to talk, he'd, he'd come down to pro scouting and poke, poke his head in the door and he's like, Hey, what are you working on? And I would tell him kind of what I had plans, what I was trying to do. And we would discuss, you know, the waiver wire, or who was on it. Do we need to go get this guy? And, you know, my job was to try and help him the best I could, you know, Larry Lacewell, Myself, anybody that could, you know, that was in the building at the time. Um, but you always asked, Coach, hey, how do you, how do we help you today? What, what can we do for you today? And Bill was very open to bringing players in and shuffling them on and off the roster. Mike McCarthy was, you know, on visit with the media the other day, and it was these, I think it was post trade deadline, so it was probably what Wednesday. Yeah, and Mike is. Uh, says I love my team. I love my roster. You know, and now you're now you're going okay. And there's reasons why when you ask a coach, "Hey, what can I do to help you?" Don't do anything. You know, don't do it's it's very similar to a race car driver that is uh, you know, is doing really well in the race and he stops for the pits and you say, "Hey, how can I help you? How can I help you in this race?" Stay out of my way. Just, yeah, just fill up fill it up and put four four new tires on it. That's all I need. You know, and so you're like, okay, but you know damn good and well there's something you could do. You could add wedge, you could take wedge out, you had a bump stop, you could, I mean, there's all these things you could do to help the race car. But the driver says, don't touch it. Don't touch the car. Just put gas in it and put four tires on it. And I think that's maybe what Mike McCarthy has done. You know, I think that maybe, I think there were some things that the, the Cowboys looked into. And Bobby, I know there was you and I were working together on several things. Probably shouldn't go into some of the things we were hearing, <laughs> but I, I know that I was hearing. And now this is just me, Bobby. This is just me talking. I I heard mixed things on Derrick Henry. I, yeah. I heard mixed things. I heard absolutely not, and hey, we might be making a call, kind of a thing. Yeah. And from two really, really good sources. And yep. so sometimes when you're when you're caught like that, I usually can get somebody to say, Yeah, we're doing that. And yeah, we're doing that. And another guy say, Yeah, they're they're gonna do that. When then that's the case, you feel like, well, I, I feel with some certainty that this is gonna happen. And I got kind of vague on Twitter and people were like, Why why are you what are you doing? Don't, you know, but I didn't feel comfortable enough talking about it. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that the, I think the Cowboys, and I don't know if that was your experience. I, I think maybe you I, had I, the I same think experience. I think it was very I think it was very similar to the way things were discussed about Odell Beckham, where you couldn't yeah. get a straight answer. And I think yeah. that just reflected the conflict that they had about Odell Beckham and potentially about right. Derrick Henry. That there yeah. were some people within the organization who thought, yeah, we like Derrick Henry, and then some others who thought we really don't need him. And so I think that that just represents the disconnect that exists sometimes on, on certain players that existed with Odell Beckham jr. And I think there's a right. chance that existed on Derrick Henry as well. I just, I could not, I could not pin anybody down to say, yes, we're doing this and, or no. 
and, and I mentioned two very, very, very good sources for me that, you know, guys that, that generally don't lie, don't have any reason to lie. You know, they appreciate the fact I've been in the scouting world, you know, but they, I asked them about Derek Henry. One guy says, no, absolutely not. Not going to happen. And then someone else is like, well, we might be making a call for this. You know, and you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And you can't report that at the time. You can't report that. You, you know, you're, you're just, there's not anything, anything, you know, confirming. What are you going to say? Yeah. Dallas is looking at Derrick Henry and then, <laughs> oh wait, no, Derrick Henry's Dallas is not looking. What are you going to say? Right. And, you know, I'm trying to, my whole thing, Bobby, I think you and I were doing this show. We always try to be really honest and forthright to our listeners. We, we take this serious. Yeah. You know, we take this serious whether we're talking about trades, we're talking about scheme, we're talking about you know, thing, anything to do with the team. And I just couldn't with good conscience be able to report anything about Derrick Henry at all. And I don't, you know, I found out, you know, the, the cornerback from the Bears. Jalen you know, Johnson. Johnson. And who did I not got, get moved. Yeah, I got really good sources say, and I wanted to know what it was. What what was the asking price? And I kept hearing day two pick, day two pick or day two picks is what I was hearing. And because I was thinking initially that was probably going to be a one. Somebody was trying to maybe hold them up for a one or the Bears were going to hold them up for a one. And maybe that's what happened. But to a man and a lady that I was dealing with, it was always a day two pick or day two picks. And, you know, Dallas had made a commitment to, you know, already moving picks when they moved the pick for Scott, the corner yep. they drafted out of uh, Southern Miss. Lance. They moved another pick for, Cooks. Yeah, for Lance, Cooks, for uh, Gilmore. Yeah. They've moved picks. And it, you know, maybe in, a, maybe in another time, this was going to be something that they would have done. You know, maybe if it was something, another, if they had those picks at their disposal. But, but I also, look back and say, I've been with coaches that say, don't touch the car. We're fine. Yeah. And I wonder if Will McClay got into that where Will was like, listen, we've got some names. Don't touch the car. So it's an interesting spot to be in, especially with Jerry Jones, you know, in recent weeks saying, I don't know how we stack up against Philly. I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting. Do you think their approach to the deadline is any different? We're about to jump into the Eagles. Do you think their approach yeah. to the deadline is any different if they get to play the game against the Eagles before the deadline rather than have the deadline fall right before the Eagles game? Like if they lose this game to the Eagles, do you think that impacts the way they approach the deadline if they get no, that chance after? I don't think so. I don't think so. Do you think the do you think the loss to they, Washington a few years ago solidified the Amari Cooper trade? I think that was – I think they realized that receiver by committee was not going to work. Yeah. You know, that they 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 thought – they thought that they could throw four wide receivers of all the same talent and it was going to work. And, and it, it didn't. It didn't work. And they knew – and that's when Jerry had to pick up the phone. And that's when Jerry had to give a one. Because in he was he 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 needed to get a deal done. Amari Cooper was the right trade. We've talked about. That. Yeah, he was a good player, really good player. Yeah, yeah, he he absolutely impacted the team in a positive way, and I think he was absolutely worth a first round pick. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, so let's take a look at these Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I'm guessing I'll, I'll need to to take a Ziploc baggie with me to the link. Get you your pretzels. Pretzels. Yeah, you don't have to, man. No, no. I got. Look, if I won't do it, Bob Thomas will do it. I know he, he he'll always be there to help you, hook you up. Uh, I, I just got to remember to bring the Ziploc with me. But if I remember, I will I will smuggle you out some of those pretzels. So let me tell I, you what, man. The the tasty cakes and the pretzels. Their press box food at Philadelphia, to me, is outstanding. I was underwhelmed by the dinner last time. The the pretzels were good, but I was underwhelmed by the dinner. Was it some kind of like ravioli or lasagna? No, it was like it was like uh, shish kebabs or something. It was was chicken and vegetables on sometimes they have like a charcuterie board there where I sound like such an idiot. Here I go to these games (laughs) and like I'm talking about the meats and cheeses. Some of these Italian cities you go to, you know, we have that that you know where they're known for certain things. Yeah, I always thought Philadelphia was one of those good press box towns. Hey, I, look, it, I mean, there, there, it wasn't all bad in there. It's just it was. Uh, I, carving I was, station. I was, I was, you have a carving station in there for you? I don't remember. I, I can't remember. I do remember. Station, I do remember they. Ha- I remember yeah. they gave tumblers. They gave Pepsi tumblers at every huh. single yeah. seat except DallasCowboys.com. They didn't put one out for them at the press box. Yeah. They put them out for everybody else but there. But there is a football game going on this week at the link. Yeah. Uh, it is actually the first time that we'll get a Dak Prescott versus Jalen Hurts head-to-head matchup in the four years that Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott have both been in the division. Wait, didn't he beat him one time? I thought he's already beaten him one time. Didn't Dak have a day where they where they won 41-26? Something no, like that? No, they were they, – the, I'm talking about like going to Philly. We had the, not the not the overall one. I mean, playing in Philly because the Philly oh, ones they oh, haven't been Philly, able to go up Philly, against okay. each other. But yeah. I thought they they played yeah, they against had, each they other. Had, right? Yes, they did. They Dak did was the, like 26 of 29. It was it was, it was the second week. It was like the second week of whatever year that was. Um, what yeah. year is that? 21 or whatever uh-huh. it was. Uh-huh. Um, and Might so with Jalen Hurts' first start. Yeah, yeah, it, it it probably was. Um, but that, but in terms of they they've never gotten a chance to match up, go to Philly, have that okay. that outing with each other. When you look at this matchup, Jalen Hurts is is banged up right now. Uh, the knee is not yeah. great. He he's yeah. getting frustrated whenever he gets asked about it. Um, but this is a throwing a lot from the pocket, Bobby. Seventy six percent of those passes he's throwing from the middle of the pocket and doing it well so for yeah, like like i mean lately yeah. doing it well and he's got got eight know, interceptions though he does, he does have some he's turning the ball over he's a little the bit ball over yep he sure he's is. got julio jones aj brown is playing like one of the best receivers in football right now if not the best Devonte smith we already know how good he is they've got dallas goddard they've got weapons here deandre swift is somebody who can really impact the running game so let's take a look at the offensive side of the ball first in your study this week of the eagles what have has really stood out to you about this football Ball team. Team's going to do two things to you. They're going to throw a deep ball on you and they're going to throw a screen on you. That's what they're going to do. They're, that's that's a that's a big, big part of their offense, whether it's the the tight end screen's huge. 
Dallas Goddard's eight for eight on that. He's they're always going to try and do something rush up field. Dallas has proven that they can't really stop a screen. Wouldn't be surprised if you see one of the backs, Swift, Gainwell, one of those guys get a screen. Uh, the vertical game is a absolute beast when it comes, and, and they could do it really with both ways. They could do it with Smith, and they could do it with Brown. I think Browns. I think they got uh, six touchdowns on on deep shots, and this team is more than willing to to do that. Now, I was trying to think of which side because Patrick Walker brought this up, and it's the there's if Jalen Hurts is throwing interceptions to one side of the field, and it's to it's to he's throwing the ball. He's throwing more interceptions to his right. Then he is his left. Hmm. So now, you know, maybe it's one of those things where you try and kind of take that away and force him to have to look to one side of the field is where he's got going. Are you pulling that up right now on your phone? Yeah, I'm trying to look for it right now to figure out which direction it is. But. I think it's I think it's because Patrick Walker had it because I was on with him. I was breaking it down and I was I meant to look at all the interceptions. But I was looking at the deep game specifically. I was looking at the screen game. What you're going to get with with Smith, the wide receiver, is and it's not an offense that has a bunch of elaborate routes. You know, when we, you play a team like the 49ers, the Rams, the combination routes, what they do is on the combination routes is usually on on short yardage plays is tight end wide receiver. It's going to be a pick and then an out. It's going to be, you know, like they're going to pick with a wide receiver. He's going to come up, turn like he's going to get the ball, and they're going to run the tight end to the flat and throw him the ball for like a three-yard gain. Or they're going to throw the ball to Smith. Smith is a up the field, run the out, tap, tap, catch. Up the field, run the out, tap, tap, catch. That's what he does with his feet. He's an outstanding route runner when it comes to running at the the corner and then doing the, the speed out. And then Hertz has done a really nice job of getting the ball. You're going to get a lot of hitches, uh, and but that vertical game is something that is uh, you're going to have to be alert on. Now, I will say this about Hertz also. The longer he holds the ball, the better chance you have for a turnover or him mm-hmm. throwing the ball away. You have to figure out ways. When he gets to become what they call that rhythm passer or he knows where he wants to go with the ball or you know he has an idea, it's like, okay, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here. He, he, he can be very difficult to stop. But the longer he holds the ball, the more chance you have for a mistake. There's only one other quarterback in the league that holds the ball longer than him, and it's Russell Wilson at Denver. And mm. both, you know, and so both these guys, like Russell Wilson's been a guy that, remember when you played Seattle, it was always making play backwards because yep. Russell Wilson can't see. So you make him play backwards, keep making him go back, 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 and him have to throw. But the longer he holds the ball, the more problems he has. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is really interested in running. I just don't think he's interested certainly, in running. Certainly not right it's now with knee, that knee. That knee. He's got a knee. It's a, new, a a bruised knee. Something's going on with his knee that's not right. I mean, we, Patrick Walker, I was talking about that on the break the other day. And even before the press conference where he stood up and says, I, I'm not asking answering any more of these questions. Yeah. So, yeah, Dallas, you know, 76% from the pocket. Be ready for that today.
throwing to the right side, he's turned the ball over a lot more. There you go. And, and he's and he's hit more of his touchdowns throwing to the left as well. And and there yet the spray chart would seem to show that he throws the ball pretty evenly between both sides, and yet he turns the ball over a lot more throwing to the right, throws more to touchdowns Dallas's to the left. left. He throws he turns the ball over to Dallas's left, Gilmore's side. And so what you want to do is you want to try and force Hurts' left, left, he throws the ball better, turns the ball over more to Dallas' right. You're right. So the interceptions would be more towards Gilmore's side. Right. There you go. And so, yeah, that that would be something to look out for. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, what's interesting when you watch them, this is a really good team in terms of run defense. Yeah. I I think the run defense is good. Yeah, 3.8 a carry. And a lot of it, Bobby, I'm sorry. I hear you. You're you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Run defense is strong. This is a, a a still a fantastic pass rush unit, just like it was last year. That's not anything that's missing without Jonathan Gannon here this year. But I will say there is a vulnerability in this secondary. The the big oh. key here, it feels like, is if you can block up the pressure in the front, yeah. you'll be able to have success throwing the yep. ball. It's yep. just the key is, are they going to be able to get pressure on you? Especially yep. a guy like Jalen Carter on the inside who can get to the quarterback. He's up a back that injury, though, Bobby. He's doing yeah. a little back problem. So Maybe. They, they, yeah. they're really good generating pressure, though, mm-hmm. in the A-gap. And so yeah. for me, I think that try and get in Dak's face, make him throw the ball out quicker, disrupt his time and do whatever. That's how they're going to be able to help out their secondary and cover over some of their sins. But what really stood out to you about uh, Philly's defense this week? You're right. You're absolutely. You're not going to run the ball on them. They're not going to let you. Now, the team that had actually success running the ball on them, it happened to them twice, and it was the same team. Washington the Commanders, the Washington Commanders, and the Commanders have a little bit of a physical offensive line. They got good blocking tight end. Their backs, you know, they're they've got some solid, dependable backs that can hit the hole, make cuts. You know, we've you know, was it Robinson is one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've. They, they, he's, he's a, I think he's really, really a good back. But Commanders had some success. Minnesota was the absolute worst. Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota took the approach of Dallas against Tampa that one year that opened the season. They ran the ball nine times. Yeah, short but, passing game is their run game. Yeah, but but what they did was they threw for over three hundred yards. You know, they just they they did a they did a great job, and the Commanders. Have you know, commanders last week just lit them up throwing the ball. Dak, so, Dak last year had a lot of success throwing the in a year where a lot of people didn't throw the ball well against Philadelphia. Dak had yeah. a ton of success throwing against them late yeah. in the year last year. I, I it's it's going to come down to they they're struggling at nickel right now. Maddox and Roby have been out dealing with different injuries. They've tried several different combinations. Job is a guy they've tried. Yep. Uh, they, you know, they've uh, with Sydney. Uh, who's my guy? Sydney. Sydney uh, Jones. Sydney Jones is another one. Yeah, they've tried. They they struggle a little bit at nickel, but where they really struggle, and they play left and right. And so Darius Slay is your left corner. That would be on the Dallas Cowboys right side of the offense, and then James Bradbury is on the other side now. Slay's numbers, if you look at the metrics, are not good. He's no. he's given up more plays than he had the whole entire year last year. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, I think I think James Bradbury is more of a liability. Yep, he's not as physical. He doesn't want to play the point of attack as well. Um, there's you know I think he's given up five touchdowns. 
Slay's giving up one or two. Uh, the safety play, you know, they had to go out and get Kevin Byard because they just really weren't very good at safety. Right. You know, Blankenship is he's a he's a good player. I would, you know, it just there's some coverage problems there. The linebackers have given up some stuff in coverage. Uh, Nicobe Dean is, I think, teams are five are uh, haven't missed a pass against him in coverage. <laughs> you know, he's he's struggled with that, but you know, it's tough because you want to you want to have balance, but it it tells you throw the ball, throw the yep. ball in these guys because I I, I I this one the one of the one of the big stats they've <laughs> they've given up. 11 rushes of 10 yards or more. Mm. Whole, just 11. Yeah. That's it. Stingy. You know, this this is going to be tough because you got guys like Cunningham, Nicobe Dean, those monsters in the middle, you know, that you have to deal with, uh, you know, the Georgia kids and then Fletcher Cox. They've, they're, they're going to, they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem that way. But I think you could take it, it the advantage of Josh Sweat a little bit. Because Josh Sweat gets a little too aggressive, and you know Dallas likes to run the boots and the waggles, yep. those plays where they they fake the fake it and then Dak loops. This guy, I mean, Hassan Reddick, I think is really really good as a player, and, and really and solid, really solid. And Steele is going to have his hands full, and I could see them giving him a little help in this game. But it and the indications are, and we'll see if if Tyron Smith. All the things I'm hearing is. I'm hearing um, for sure Adoga is going to be okay to play and Tyron Smith that they'll know more about. They've kept him out of practice this week because they're worried about him getting hit yeah. and aggravating the the injury. So that's why he's been out of practice. But there I think if if it's if it's Sweat and Smith, good matchup there. How can Dallas win on the inside though? Keep the pocket clean. That can make some throws against these guys for sure. So as we take a look at this game, what is your your confidence level for for this matchup with the Eagles, and and what's your prediction? I I, picked, I, I personally am going to go in this. I, I'd I'd love to see this be a Dallas victory. I I, yeah, I, I do think Philly. that there's yeah. it's within the the capability. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just I, I I don't know. There's still just some vulnerability about going to the yeah. link. I still feel like you're heading for a split. So I'm going to slightly yeah. take the Eagles in this one, 28-27. What do you have, Brian? I, I took. I, it's so funny because I, uh, you know, we've got this when we we're uh, we're taping this on a Thursday night when you and I've got a parade duty for the uh, the Texas Rangers tomorrow. So I'm not going to be able to do Cowboys break. Mm-hmm. But Derek Eagleton, they always pick a score on Friday. Derek asked me, I picked. Philadelphia twenty eight, Dallas twenty six is what I picked. Oh, very, very, very close. I, it's exact. It, yeah, I. You know what? I, I in good conscience. And Philadelphia has played some games where they probably should have lost. They yeah, played they, a couple they, of games. They're not as good as they were last year. I. It, I would be and know me. Anytime I pick, I think the only other time I picked against the Cowboys was against San Francisco. Yep. This is my other time that I picked against Dallas. So there you go. Yep. All right. Well, we will have uh, more on the Cowboys and the Eagles. We'll know a lot more about the way this ta- Cowboys team stands. I think after this weekend, uh, it should be an entertaining matchup. I will be in Philadelphia at the link for this game, uh, and we'll have all the reaction for you early next week. For Brian Broadus, I'm Bobby Belt. Thank you so much for joining us. We will talk to you guys again later.